This is Billy Mitchell, video game player of the century, and you're listening to Hit Start Now. Hello and welcome to HitStartNow.com Smack Talk. Smack Talk! The competitive gaming podcast. My name is Spud and I'll be your host for this evening. Joining us tonight, we have a man whose name is infamous in the world of competitive gaming. A man who's held numerous world records and has been crowned video game player of the century back in 1999. Mr. Billy Mitchell. Now, just before we go ahead with Billy here... I want to say a huge shout out, a massive thank you to the staff at the Museum of Pinball in California for the boundless work and help towards making this podcast happen. It couldn't have happened without you and we here at Hit Start Now really, really appreciate it. So let's move along then with video game player of the century, Billy Mitchell. Billy, welcome to HitStartNow.com Smack Talk. Yes, sir. I'm very happy to be with you. I'm very happy to be uh, here uh, from the, again, the Twin Galaxies Entertainment Festival. And it's my pleasure to be able to take time out from here. Uh, we both have the same passions. I have the same passion as I'm sure all of your audience. And it's always fun. It's the passion, it's the camaraderie that we all enjoy and share in this hobby that makes it so much fun. Agreed, and i got to say, it's great to have you on the show. Can you tell me a little bit about the uh, Twin Galaxies Entertainment Festival? What's going on over there in California? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's a Nintendo contest. Um, there's con- console uh, tests. Excuse me, contests. Uh, there's, cla- there's a classic game, Decathlon, that was held yesterday. What was kind of neat was the earliest, most recognized contest on that level was in 1983 on That's Incredible. And the, and the gentleman that won it, a gentleman from Texas named Ben Gold, is here. He's here, and he participated in the classic game tournament yesterday, again, at the Decathlon of 10 games. Excellent. And right until the very, very, very last game, it appeared that he was going to win. He didn't win. He came in second. John McAllister came in first. But it just would have been so cool that guy who won the very first one in gaming history now won it here at the Twin Ga- Galaxies Entertainment Festival at the Pinball Museum. That just would Yeah, that, that would have been such a riot. And he, without lying, he blew it on the last game. And, and he's a friend of mine, so, you know, I'll, I'll have to pick on him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing even after all those years coming second as well, considering the amount of uh, young blood I'd imagine there is in class of game, classic gaming at the moment. Yeah, we do. We, we, well, we pick on the younger guys and we tell them that the games of today that they play, the console games, um, they're more storylined. Um, the games of yesterday, they were designed for one reason, to take your money. And you had no choice but to get good or go broke. And so, again, it's kind of entertaining that uh, 
the guys from today, for the most part, they can't compete with the guys from yesterday because we just had to learn it on a harder level. And that became apparent yesterday with Ben Gold. And the guy who beat Ben Gold, he's an old timer also. You know, Tom McAllister. All right, but, but, but no, no, but we do. We got a lot going on here. And there was a, a fictitious score on Donkey Kong uh, from a, a Kansas City, Missouri player that was back in, in the 80s. It was $3.1 million on Donkey Kong. Well, of course, it was a fictitious score. He was young. He was a kid. He was being silly and having silly fun. And the fact of the matter is, not only did he not get the score, but the score cannot be gotten because the game ends after 117 boards. What we've since done is modified a couple of Donkey Kongs, so there is no kill screen, and you can continue to play and play and play. And now there's a quest on those games, again, for fun, to see if anybody can beat the fictitious score from back in the 80s. They have to go to level 85 instead of level 22. Instead of playing 117 boards, they're going to have to play nearly 500. So that's what's going on this very day, or actually to start in about an hour. That sounds fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's, it's the two most recent guys um, who have traded the world record back and forth. And, and again, Robbie and Wes... And they're going to be there, again, both friends and great guys. And uh, I wish them luck, and uh, neither one's going to get it. <laughs> Are you competing yourself there today, Billy? Uh, no, but I'm too busy being the MC. But the fact of the matter is yesterday I was in a Pac-Man contest. Since you asked, I guess I'll have to explain it to you. A 20-minute contest, highest score wins. So you got to maximize your points. Well, one guy gave a funny look. Well, I didn't know if I came here and played. I had to play against Billy Mitchell. And I said, well, how long is it? 20 minutes? Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to be in the contest. But I'll tell you what. Everybody has 20 minutes to get their highest score. I got to do it in 10 minutes. Only half the time. Mm -hmm. So how many people do you think beat me? I'm going to go out on a limb and say zero. Exactly zero. You got it right. So... No, the, the, the high score was, I think it was uh, 42,000. I got 51. So I had to be kind. I had to be a gentleman. But I got to be Billy Mitchell and put him in their place, too. <laughs> so, But um, nice guys. And if I didn't play, if I didn't show off a little bit, then you'd have rotten things to say about me on, on this show that wouldn't be true. So, again, I got to be me once in a while. That's cool. But when it comes to performing at live events like that um how do you train for competing in that kind of sense well without a doubt it absolutely comes down to consistency 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 because it doesn't matter how good you are for example uh robbie's playing here robbie lakeman is his name on the donkey kong and west copeland and it's consistency because what happens is geez do i feel it when i go somewhere if i simply play a game of donkey kong or i play a game of miss pac-man I, I'll play, start playing, and by the time I'm on the second board, there's a small crowd gathering behind me. And maybe I'm playing just because I want to go up to the third board and try something different. And I try a different just to see if it works, and if it works, fine. And if it doesn't, well, I die. Well, these people who sit there and they stand behind you in awe, you know, with their jaw hanging open, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. And then you die because you're merely trying to put a new idea together or something you may utilize. Oh, look at this man. I thought he was really good. He just died on the third board. I can get that far. And you are under that constant pressure. 
you're under the pressure of consistency and every single one of us, every one plays and dies in the early rounds. Uh, Donkey Kong is a nightmare. So Robbie and Wes will be faced with that nightmare of the early boards. You'll make a fool out of yourself because you'll die. It's mm -hmm. like every guy, every player's fear. And actually, once you get past the early boards, say past board 14, then you're sort of on cruise control and things flow a lot better. But the worst at a contest, it's a little different because you have a total focus on a high score. But to go to an event, to just play for people, to just kind of play or practice or fool around, it's a nightmare. It's the worst place you want to do it. Donkey Kong is a brutally difficult game. Um, when did you realize that you kind of had the knack for playing at a higher level? Well, if we go to the original event, the very first one I ever went to, and what is considered the first gathering of elite video game players, it was the Life magazine photo in November of 1982. Mm -hmm. And again, that Kansas City player on Donkey Kong, who eventually claimed 3.1 million, he was there. It was a cat and mouse game. I just could never pin the guy down. And now he's at the event that I'm at. I mean, there was just no escape. So finally, he sat in the seat. Okay. Imagine seeing 100,000 points on Donkey Kong would turn heads in any arcade in the world. Mm -hmm. You would absolutely, without question, be the center of attention and all focus would be on you. Now, remember, that's at 100,000. We sat down to play and he went first. He got 190,000 in his game. And I literally, I said, all right, sit down. Just a little bit of cockiness came out. I got 849,000 on my first guy. Amazing. That absolutely forever is the pivotal point that put me in a, in a spin of the competitive gaming world. There was nothing I wanted to do except that. And it was at that moment that I realized that I could play at such an elite level under pressure. Again, I know a lot of players who are good. They can't play under pressure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a, there's a good guy, a great guy. His name's Neil, and I call him Caveman Neil. If he's in a cave by himself, he's great. If he's playing a game, I can just walk up next to him and stare at him, and he comes, he comes apart like a cheap suit. Do so, you think there's a lot of mind games involved in high school games, then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, again, most people, their own mind is their worst enemy. Mm -hmm. um, and so the fact of the matter is, the events come down to consistency, without a doubt. Everybody, excuse me, every champion has great games. True champions have consistent games. Excellent, excellent. Um, a couple of months ago here on the show, we had uh, your friend Walter Day from uh, Twin Galaxies. He told you I'm his friend? He lies. <laughs> he was, he's mentioned on the show that yourself and uh, Steve Weebly get along quite well together he said me and steve do yes yes so you compete okay. side by side well i'll give you the real story just because i'm good at being honest um i met steve no i first spoke to steve i spent um about three conversations on the phone with him more than mm -hmm. an hour each quite friendly uh before i ever met him in those conversations i invited him to the classic gaming expo Oh, boy, we're going back to 2005, 
four. Mm-hmm. Um, four. Yeah, 2004. And I invited him to the Classic Gaming Expo where he sat at the table, um, dinner, front and center uh, at my table. And again, I got to be a little bit of me here. Uh, he wouldn't have got that seat if he had a fistful of, fist, fistful of Benjamins. Okay? But he was uh-huh. there with me, and I invited him, and all was well. I was called on stage. Um, I went up on stage, and I spoke about a couple of things, a few things. And one of the things I spoke of, and I unveiled a poster, a commemorative poster that I had commissioned in his honor, in contribution, because of his contribution to competitive gaming, his spirit for the sport, and his achievement. I called him up on stage, presented it to him. It was all funny, nice, historical stuff, and that's the day I met him. After that, we left the stage. It's the Classic Gaming Expo. It's a weekend event. Mm-hmm. I went down and played Donkey Kong, and on my first shot, and it doesn't mean nothing, there's a little luck involved, um, I got 929,000. I got a kill screen. Um, he didn't get a good score that day. Um, Saturday, he didn't get a good score. But on Sunday, in his final game, he did eventually get 893,000 and a kill screen. And that's a great score. Now, remember, that's the day that I met him. That's cool. That seems, as Walter Day was saying, that's kind of the opposite of what we've seen on the screen now in uh, King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. Well, there's more more to the story. Uh Uh-huh. Um... So after that, I mean, I went back to my life because I have a tremendous life outside of gaming. And the situation on the forums, and, and which I don't participate in, but the situation on the forums, and things turned quite negative. And so I just sort of went back to my secluded life, and I, I didn't have any conversations or interactions with him um, because I didn't want to get involved in the negativity that he and others were having within the forums. Mm-hmm. And I didn't participate, not, not even for um, a sentence. But, but, I mean, I never have. So that's not unique. And so what happened after that was the film crew started following us, remembering the director, produce, the director, two producers, and him. What you don't know is they have ties back to their childhood, back to grade school. So when they began their filming, they knew very much the product they wanted, and they very much knew the plot. And I don't have any problem with that at all. I love playing a bad guy, and I play it good. I know how to play it. And That's exactly what I was going to ask was, are you happy with that bad boy persona? Because you're actually you're quite seen as Gaiman's original bad boy. Well, yeah, but that's that's only because they don't tell you the whole truth. If mm-hmm. they told you the whole truth, it would scare the hell out of you, and you wouldn't want to do this interview. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I figured you'd laugh, but I, I might have caught you off guard there. <laughs> you caught me a little <laughs> off guard, yeah, yeah. The fact, no, I, I, I very much, I very much enjoy the role I play, but in the filming, you know, you'll get the impression that we never squared off against each other. We squared off the very first day after I honored him. Mm-hmm. And my point is, there's not a whole lot in the real world, and not in the film world. There's not a whole lot more I can do for someone than express the kindness and generosity that I did. And of course, in the gaming world, all I can do is play, which I did. And so is it disappointing in the movie that they didn't acknowledge that? Well, I could tell you that it's disappointing, but I could also tell you 
that it's not because if they did acknowledge it, it would screw up the entire plot of the movie. They created the movie to entertain you, okay, to be mm -hmm. thought-provoking, okay, to create emotion within you, you know, make some people happy, some sad, some upset. Let's face it, they did a terrific job. So if you believe that Arnold Schwarzenegger is in a movie and then he walks out in the street after the filming and starts shooting people, well, then, I don't know, I guess you'll believe anything you see. <laughs> You know, and the fact of the matter is it's a movie and the directors, producers and everybody, along with the different people within it, myself, Walter, Steve, mm -hmm. they did a good job. Um, but the truth of the matter is, since uh, since those conversations in the early days, since the time that I honored them at the Classic Gaming Expo, mm -hmm. I have crossed paths with them here and there at events, but we don't have a, a personal friendship. Okay. Um, we don't have a animosity okay um i don't want to say we don't have anything because obviously we have a connection but the fact of the matter is it's a fairy tale if somebody thinks that there's strong animosity between us but there's not a strong friendship either i reached okay. out how i could he handled it as he chose to it's not what i would have expected so i just move on i wish him good luck you know, he has a certain amount of baggage because of it. I'm sure I have baggage, but believe me, I know how to run with baggage like nobody you've ever met in your life. Okay, and I embrace, cool. every, I, I embrace every minute of it. Excellent. There's, there's nothing in the world that can possibly get me down. Outside of the health and safety of, you know, of my wife and kids, there's nothing in the world that could put me down. That's cool. That's fantastic. Um, speaking of Donkey Kong, though, along with your world record in Donkey Kong. You've also held world record in Donkey Kong Jr. for 20 years. Um, right. Why do you think this one seems overshadowed by the original Donkey Kong? Um, well, a number of reasons. Um, Aaron, can you get a chair? So you can look here. Yeah. Um, I got bad news for you in a minute here, Mr. Irishman. So, um, not what you think, though. Um, Number one is Donkey Kong was just a far more popular game. I mean, it was. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. ran on the coattails of Donkey Kong to a great degree. Um, and Donkey Kong is incredibly more difficult than Donkey Kong Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact of the matter is when I achieved the kill screen on Donkey Kong, it was in 1982. It was after the turn of the century that the next person uh, achieved it. Um, Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, was a quick turnover. It wasn't even a year. And the fact of the matter is, so that's one factor. The situation in the different press, such as the movie, that propelled Donkey Kong, prote propelled Donkey Kong and not Donkey Kong Jr. Um, again, talking about the level of difficulty, mm -hmm. when I decided I wanted to do... Uh, both world records in one weekend. The original plan was both within one weekend. I had to get Donkey Kong first because it was much more difficult and it would take a countless number of tries, starts, restarts, starts, restarts. I knew that within just a matter of a uh, short time, a few starts, I could get Donkey Kong Jr. I had no idea how long Donkey Kong would take. So once I got Donkey Kong, I played Donkey Kong Jr. because I knew I could get it quick. Um, 
one game so much more popular than the other, one rides on the coattails. That's cool. Burger Time also seems to kind of hide in the background as yeah, far does. as these high schools go. Is that for the same reason, just the popularity of the game? Yeah, absolutely. It's It was popular, very popular. There's people walking around There's people walking around here, uh, you know, the Twin Galaxies Entertainment Festival, mm-hmm. wearing Burger Time shirts. So it is that popular, but it's just not the biggest dog. Cool. Um, yeah, there's still competitive Listen, I, scenes. I, I, I got to give you that bad news. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Walter just walked in the room. <laughs> That's always bad news. He's, <laughs> he, he's going to sit next to me, but your audience doesn't have to worry since you don't have video here. It's just audio. That's cool. That's cool. Anyway. Uh, well, please well, tell Walter I said hi. Um, yeah, yeah, he's right here, and he'll uh, he'll chime in uh, as we go. Cool. At any point that he wants. Uh, uh, regarding Burger Time and Donkey Kong Jr., then, are there still competitive scenes for these particular games? Uh, yeah, there is. And what we've put together with Donkey Kong in the Donkey Kong contest, the Kong off that Richie Knuckles and I put together, mm-hmm. we, in, we intend on bringing other games uh, one at a time into the umbrella to begin to have contests just like the Kong off is with Donkey Kong and have it with these games that haven't quite achieved that status yet. And by having those contests, by having that competition, it will spur more competition. All the competition that's on Donkey Kong right now, Mm -hmm. um, it just continues to propel higher and higher because, you know, it just keeps doubling up on itself. At least to one degree or another, Burger Time, Donkey Kong Jr., Miss um, Pac-Man, Mario Brothers, those games will have the same effect. I am not in fantasy land thinking that it'll have the same effect at the same speed as Donkey Kong, but it will gather. It will. Frogger will be another one. Excellent. Cool. Cool. Um you're featured in the upcoming documentary Man vs. Snake, which has been coined as kind of a spiritual successor for King of Kong. Did you know uh, the star Tim McVeigh back in the 1980s? Yeah, let me start with the movie. Um, the movie uh, last night is the first movie that was ever chosen to be in the Billy Mitchell Walter Day Film Festival. So here, you know, at the Pinball Museum here in Banning, last night we inaugurated the very first Billy Mitchell Walter Day Video Game Film Festival, and Man vs. Snake was shown here in the theater. So I saw it for the first time. Um, The theater was obviously full. Mm -hmm. And so I was with Tim way back in 1983, January of 84. Um, wait, yeah, January 84, when he got the score, I knew Tim throughout the years, seeing him off and on or speaking to him off and on. And the fact of the matter is I was encouraging him all the way through in his efforts to get the world record or get the world record back again. So yes, I know this, uh, full storyline and the movie was absolutely, absolutely incredible. It was so cool. It was so unique. It was such positive energy. It, I, um, I'm actually not prepared to tell you how good it was because I, I haven't processed it in my head yet. I didn't even know that you were familiar with it. I've just seen the uh, trailers online. That's about as close as I've gotten to it. Um, are you expecting it to be as big as the King of Kong? 
Well, um, I think it's hard to match um, the power of Donkey Kong. But the truth of the matter is that I expect the film to go and reach out to more people than the King of Kong for a number of reasons. Uh, the distribution network they have set up with it. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's so much easier now. Every year that goes on, it becomes more and more easier in the world we live in to reach more and more people. So I expect more people to view Man versus Snake than have viewed the King of Kong. And I get stopped in the street every single day by somebody who wants my autograph, wants my picture, wants a comment, wants a question, which I appreciate. I, I've never unappreciated. So if if going through the 80s, being video game player of the year, if becoming video game player of the century in 1999, that spawning films that some of which we're talking about here and mm-hmm. now yet another film. I mean, all of that has caused me to be that busy on a daily basis. And now we're going to compile it with another film that I think will be seen by even more people. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have a busy time. That's fantastic. That's cool. I, I, I wouldn't change it, though. I, I truly, I promised myself a long time ago that I would never unappreciate the attention. Mm-hmm. And I, I never have. <clears throat> I mean, I've never turned down someone who says, hey, can I get a picture? Oh, can I get an autograph? I've never said, oh, I'm busy or no, I can't. I mean, I, and I'm not ever, I'm never going to be that person. Uh, don't tell anybody this. But <laughs> I'm never going to be that SOB you see in the movies. You know, not in real life. That's cool. I'm a, little, That's I'm, I'm a little concerned when I say a little, only 1% concerned because in in the man versus snake, I come across as a, as a good guy. And uh, that's contrary to the success that I've had. So we'll see if I continue to have sex, success as a good guy. So You think that will sway your reputation? I, I sure hope not. I, I have fun with what I do. <laughs> Um, you were the first ever to achieve a perfect score on Pac-Man. For anyone listening who doesn't understand a perfect score, what exactly does that entail? Well, what it entails is you start the game, eat every dot, eat every energizer. You eat all four men on top of every energizer. You eat every prize. You you run 256 boards, 255. You reach board 256 and clear that. You never miss anything, and you never die once. Somewhere near four hours, up to five and a half hours. That's where it would normally take time-wise. Mm-hmm. I try to tell people you know, what it entails, because I can show you what you have to do, and then you can't do it. I watched Tiger Woods play golf. He could, he could tell me every secret he has. That doesn't mean I could do it. Yeah, well, the fact yeah. of the matter is... I had a friend who's pretty knowledgeable and that analyzed the situation for her. And when you go in Pac-Man, you take corners, constant corners. The corners in the turns that you execute come down to one sixtieth of a second to execute a perfect corner. Well, at one sixtieth of a second, that's obviously difficult, but mm-hmm. that's what separates us. You have to take about 29,000 continuous perfect corners to one sixtieth of a second. That's insane. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. That's not meant to do by the human body, but it happens. And, uh, so I tell people it's, it's just so unbelievable, but 
unless you're familiar with it, you you truly can't appreciate it. You know, you know, I I'm sure it's an incredible thing, but I, I can't have a full understanding of what it would take to do a three minute forty two second mile. Oh yeah, well you know you got to work hard, you got to run, you got to you know you got to do a good job. But no, mm-hmm. it's so much more than you can put into words. Um, with Pac-Man's perfect score, it seems that people are now reaching for faster and faster times on it. Uh, do you find yourself involved in kind of this speedrun mentality with Pac-Man now to achieve a different form of world record with it? Uh, oh, as far as how fast it's done? Yes. No, not at all. To be honest, it's it's so unentertaining for me. Um, all of it became less than entertaining. After I did it the first time, smack talk. But yeah. Walter came in to say hi, unfortunately, and now he has to leave, and that's the fortunate part. But I want him to be able to say hi to you for a second. Well, well first of all, I don't know what your name is. Uh, Walter, this is um, Spud. We worked together on Hit Start Now Smack Talk there about two oh, okay. or three months ago. Oh, well, that's good. Well, it's good to hear your voice he again. Didn't, he didn't tell me that till now. Too, okay. So. Okay. Good. He didn't tell me that till now. He was afraid I'd refuse the interview. Well, Billy's throwing me here in front of the computer to talk to you because he knows I have to leave the room because Billy did mention that last night we launched a whole new entity that we're doing, and it's the Billy Mitchell and Walter Day Video Game Film Festival. We toyed over the years with the idea of doing a Twin Galaxies Video Game Film Festival and make it the official custodian of, 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 of video game movie history and video game movie culture and stuff like that. So we've actually mm-hmm. launched it in the even though we're doing a little bit tongue-in-cheek by calling it the Billy Mitchell Walter Day Video Game Film Festival, it has serious intent behind it and that we're going to be a vehicle for new films or new shorts or any kind of video kind of presentation about video game culture or history or community. And we're going to take this from show to show to show. So we launched it here officially in Banning, California at the Twin Galaxies Entertainment Festival. And we'll continue this at things like the Houston Arcade uh, Expo and at the Free Play Florida some and and, co- and some Comic Cons and stuff like that. Well, because we're going to be signed up to sign autographs at big Comic Cons like the mm-hmm. like Salt Lake City Comic Con or the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. So uh, this is very exciting, and I actually have to leave the computer in a second because I got to go see if our next film is queued up or not. But uh, we hope you can come to America. Sometime. And that next film is. The next film is Nintendo Quest, which is also brand new. I think it's only been shown about five or six times, all at special premieres. So I don't know if it has normal distribution yet. But uh, oh, by and by, by the way, Billy was right about Man vs. Snake. Man vs. Snake, because it's being born at a time when when technology is more. They use the word robust. Uh, uh, Man vs. Snake, almost overnight will have been seen by more people than the King of Kong was seen because it is because it, it, it's being born into a new age of technological infrastructure that's available through you know all the all the internet and stuff like that. So, Fantastic. so anyway, so wonderful to hear your voice again. I gotta go, but uh I'm leaving you in the good hands of Billy Mitchell. So actually I thought you had interviewed Billy before. This is actually the first time? This is the first time, yeah. Smack talk we were talking about the Pac-Man, the world record, the Pac-Man, and the perfect score, and how now people seem to be speedrunning towards faster paces. Uh, you were saying that this doesn't interest you? No, it doesn't. Um, to be honest, having achieved the perfect score, um, you search and you try to find something that's important in an effort to keep you focused on that. 
and uh, I guess pretty soon we'll say to ourselves, well, that's uh, the fastest we can do it. Uh, what if we do it, but we got to play left-handed? Um, you know, it just gets monotonous. So really, I, I always choose to, to go on to the next challenge, whatever that next challenge might be. Do you have any idea what that next challenge might be at the moment? What are you aiming uh, towards? Well, uh, we're putting together, we do the Kong off, and we do region, we're beginning regional Kong offs now. I mean, here at the Pinball Museum, hopefully in January, we'll be doing a regional Kong off where we take the players from Southern California, we bring them in, we see who it is uh, can produce a kill screen. And if they can produce a kill screen, then they'll be invited to the final Kong off where they can be a wild card. That's something. Uh, again, putting together competitive gameplay at play places here, places at the Arcade Expo at the Pinball Museum. Uh, but as far as my own uh, personal quests, um, I'll probably do something shortly uh, with Miss Pac-Man. I held the world record for many years until my friend got it. Uh, seems funny. It's all my friends that are competitors with me, and usually not too many strangers, but that's okay. So you can see yourself heading back towards the Miss, Miss Pac-Man path then? Yes, absolutely. Excellent, cool. Um, as far as Pac-Man goes, you were at the uh, World Pac-Man Championships a few years ago. Now, they unveiled the uh, Pac-Man Championship edition at the time, which was kind of a new version of Pac-Man. How did this compare to the original Pac-Man in your eyes? Well, it had the original technology of Pac-Man or the original design, but technology is just far and away come around. I mean, the screen scrolled, the screen disappeared, the screen reappeared. I mean, it was Pac-Man technology. It was, I mean, Pac-Man on steroids. It was a totally different game. Uh, none of us had actually seen it until about 12 hours before we played it. Could you see yourself um, keeping up with, the, with that version of Pac-Man and trying to hit world records in that? Actually, uh, number one, it's a home game, which is foul language to me. But... To answer your question, uh, if I didn't have wife, if I didn't have kids, if I didn't have any responsibilities, if I was back where I was when I was 17 or 18 years old, then yes, I could play it, and there wouldn't be anybody in the world who could beat me. But life is about priorities and choices and decisions, and um, I guess I'm happy I made the decisions I did, and I certainly don't want to reverse them as of yet. Excellent. Um, so you were saying about home games there. Do you play video games recreationally at all? Uh, no, uh, two reasons. Number one is a time factor. I'll give you more than one reason. One is a time factor. That's the main reason. Second of all, unlike the kids today, I don't know that I can hold a control and play with nine fingers. <laughs> I got no idea how they do it. And last of all, I can't play a game that my son can whip my butt at. I, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd embarrass myself. And he can beat me at every game. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um... Have you played any of the re-releases or arcade ports of the old arcade classics on the new consoles, though? I uh, know. No. As far as consoles, I have a hard time spelling it, much less do I get to play it. So when you're practicing, when you're playing Donkey Kong, it's always arcade? Yes, when I do play, it's always arcade. Okay, cool, cool. Um, lastly, just to finish up then, if you don't mind, Billy, are there any more... Um, World title, Joe, aiming toward reclaiming now? Um, well, I'm thinking of what can be done here 
uh, January 15th through 17th, the Arcade Expo 2.0. There's a lot going on here. I want to be here because there's a dedication of the, you know, Walter Day Trading Card Museum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have the film festival here again at the Arcade Museum. And the fact of the matter is, as I try to put one more thing as a cherry on the top, uh, the answer is yes. What if I could practice Miss Pac-Man? What if I could put together a score? What if I could produce a world record at the uh, Arcade Expo 2.0? That would be awesome. Everything is bigger. Everything is better when it's done live, when it's done on the spot, when it's done under pressure, when it's done amongst friends and competitors at an event like the ones here at the Pinball Museum. Excellent. Fantastic stuff. I think that just about wrapped it up for us then, Billy. Um, well, as, as an Irishman, I'll ask you this. Is it more fun when you sit on your couch and you drink at home? Or when you go to the pub with your buddies and you get, you know, sloshed? Uh, believe it or not, I don't actually drink, but uh, I'd be more you, of a hit-the-pub kind of guy. Two Irishmen that don't drink, I think. Yeah, I, I think there's me and maybe one other guy. <laughs> um, is there any way that people can get in touch with you, any websites, any Twitter pages that you'd like to give a shout-out to that, where they could follow you? This sounds funny. Wow, what is there? Um, I only recently jumped on the social network with the help of my daughter. I believe it's Pac-Man Billy, the Twitter. And all of the real uh, requests normally come through Walter Day or Twin Galaxies. Excellent. Cool. Well, I'd like to say Absolutely. thank you very, very much, Billy, for taking the time to come on hitstandnow.com today. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, while you were away, we had a little conference, and we were curious if you truly do have a guy who listens to you named Alex Weir, who was once a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't heard from him, and we'd like to, so maybe we're reaching out to Alex. Well, hopefully. We'll put the feel of that, and hopefully he, we can reconnect you. Well, listen, you're here, you're talking. Don't you ever get on an airplane and go to some of these events? What I'm, what I'm asking is, you have your show here. You're really into video games. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get on an airplane and go to some of these events that we're always tackling? Would Not you ever come to something yet. like the Arcade Expo in January? I, I, I'd quite like to, but at the moment, I haven't been to any of these events. But um, who knows what the future holds? You know, with a little bit of luck, maybe it'll happen. All right, well, it'd be great if you do. It'd be great to see you there, absolutely. I, I will certainly, certainly try. All right, very good. Cool. Uh, for anybody listening at home, then, and worrying, wondering about Hits That Now, you can, of course, catch us at hitstartnow.com at hit underscore start underscore now on Twitter forward slash hitstartnow on Facebook. You've been listening to hitstartnow.com Smack Talk. Smack Talk! The competitive gaming podcast.